This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. <laughs> so what have you been... It's been like about a month since we've last uh, talked. Zoots so McKenzie time. Zoots McKenzie. I want that damn album. What have you been up uh, to all this time? I've been trying to work through how to deal with season three and finishing our anthology episodes. So like season three, we already have episode one, like on the pipeline for our distribution company, Podbean. This this episode is brought to you by Podbean. Um, no, uh, I, I have that. We have episode one and now we're doing this weird thing where like I'm bringing on new, we're bringing on more um, hands on the production side of things because of my growing busy life. And um, so right, right now, I just had a big meeting with like this whole new production team, which is mostly just the other crea- other actors mm-hmm. and creators that have abilities. And uh, we we're like, so season three is going to be a little different and we're going to start handing off different aspects of the show to each of you. And then, so we have like this big, we've been just having lots of talks about like the best way to do that. So that's kind of, it's, it's kind of hard because we don't take breaks in our show. So we're kind of mm-hmm. like juggling two things. So we actually recorded season uh, three, episode two here, but we didn't do all of the episode. We, we, we improv like five scenes and then we're right tonight. We're writing these scenes in between those ah. scenes and doing some kind of like weird hybrid between the two. And then tomorrow we have to record season two, three, episode three. And it's, it's getting to be really yeah, big mountain. So I'm like, uh, so I'm, I'm very like, Hermetic right now. I'm just kind of like hiding from yeah, everything because I'm, I'm really like, excited to see how this all turns out. Because like when I first found out about your show, like back season one, like it was a completely different production than it is now. It sounds like. Uh, yes. I mean, yes and no. I mean, there's still like a lot of the same rela- like relationships. Like me and James are still the same people. We still mm-hmm. treat each other the same way. We still our our personal process because we're more of like the uh, directors, and uh, I'm like it's but. So there's a lot of the same and there's a lot of new stuff we tried in season two and a lot more scripts in season two. And now mm-hmm. we're kind of going back on the improv trying because like there's so many important things from season one. that didn't really make season two. A lot of like the executions we did didn't make it to season two. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we're trying to trying to find some of the magic from season one and bring it back into season three. So we're just experimenting, which is probably not the thing you should do in the <laughs> yeah. last season of your first arc. <laughs> Like, oh, this is like the end of our first really big show inside Omega Star 7. So do you guys want to experiment a bunch and see how, like, how weird we can? It, 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 it's probably not the best decision, but here we are. 
I feel like it'll it definitely worth the effort though. Like you're you're go- yeah for sure going way into it with a completely like you're telling the exact story that you want to tell and like improv isn't necessarily going to make that easy for you. You might as well like put some effort into the writing aspect of it. Yeah, I feel like I'm going in the opposite direction honestly with my show you're getting a little more loose with it exactly like i i used to have the entire script written out i had 16 episodes written before i even started yeah and like after i did those 16 i was like all right fuck it i'm gonna get a little bit looser with this okay sound effect plays here less narrator stuff the episodes got 10 minutes shorter and i feel like a lot better for it yeah no there's uh there's definitely some kind of like I guess a balance. So there's a balance between like narration, monologuing, and <laughs> I make I make jokes that are la- like in our most recent anthology, Patchers. We had a very we had, we had a we, we had a running bit where like the main character monologues, then is immediately interrupted in between the monologue, <laughs> which has always been a running bit in our show. Yeah, and then didn't read the sign. We didn't read the fucking. You didn't read too. the sign, bozo. No monologuing. We had a production meeting yesterday. We were talking about our last anthology episode that's just about done now. But um, because we have one more, and then we have we have two more. We have one that's done, and then the other one's almost done. But uh, so the uh, last one's our biggest collaboration to date yet, because we had someone else write it, mm. and then we did our Omega Star Magic. But like that one's filled with real monologuing. And no one interrupts. And we're listening back. We're like, this is really cool. But it's really so out of pocket for us. Like, yeah. It's the most, and it's really funny because it's, it's the most grounded episode we've ever done. But it feels the most out of pocket. Like, this is the most experimental we've ever been. But it's the most normal we've ever been. Yeah. I really, I, I, I ended up listening to that episode while I was driving to work uh, a few mornings ago. I just thought, like, how far like it all like the like all the anthology episodes are just completely different from each other it's a completely different flavor and i feel like that's what you're going for well i met i mentioned i mentioned in our q a episode i was like we are considering like not ending omega star 7 but going on hiatus once season three is done because we want to explore like different Mm -hmm. avenues of writing and different stories but i was like we kind of found that in the anthologies. Like we are like, I, agree. I we kind of take two genres and mash them together. So we have the first one, Parsex, which you're a part of, yeah. was like it was comedy and murder mystery, <laughs> a whodunit and murder mystery, or murder mystery slash comedy. And then the second episode was document documentary slash satire, and then the third episode was all techno thriller. Yeah, and then that we had was this a good one. one. That was the that was when he was. Uh... He was by the rift. And he was looking for that thing, right? The yeah, the yeah, artificer yeah. ship or whatever the hell it was called. The, char- the cartographer ship, right? Yeah, right. yeah. And then we have this most recent one, and the one, the next. So this, this one, and I, I don't mind talking about this kind of stuff, but uh, this, the you know, Patchers was an ode to Blade Runner and the cyberpunk aesthetic, yeah. which is why the music is so particular in its execution. But um, so it's a little bit of noir, a little bit of cyberpunk, you know transhumanism if you will about like you know how far does a human need to be from being a human to be a human it's all it's a i know thing. is after i listened to that episode like whatever literature there is for patchism or whatever the religion is i'm in father oh, patches a- is my savior now i uh i definitely think like the original take of father because you know that's all james dude he did every voice in that episode every single and one that's impressive every single voice yeah and i and and the one before it was all me 
We both yeah. want to take an episode and just be like, how many voices can we each do by ourselves and still sound like totally different characters? So that was kind of like testing and challenging. And that's the fun part about the anthology is we don't have high expectation for them because we're trying to challenge ourselves. And just so the next episode is a folk tale in space, like a sea tale, like a Moby mm-hmm. Dick or something like that. We really wanted to like capture this Moby Dick vibe, Moby Dick, pirates, treasure planet Space kind whale. of thing, and mix it with some Lovecraftian vibes. Oh shit! And um, that one's ridiculous, and it it was it's been my least favorite to produce because of just how experimental. So like, for example, we really got uh, into panning for that episode. So like, we always pan our characters left, right, center, but um. That one we'd have it's narr- it, there's narrators, but like there's not it's not monologuing. It's kind of someone telling a story and it pans over to the story. Right. So, so there's interludes. It's an inter- it's, It has a story filled with interludes. So, um, it it would go from the narrator talking about himself as a young kid. So he'd be on the left as as the narrator, and then he would cut to the right when he was a, when he was a kid. So it'd be wow. like a, and it was very awkward. And it, the episode comes out really interesting, but like it's also our most dense in production. Like, there's probably like 30 tracks in it. Oh shit! 30. And I was like, yeah, I, I was like, like the furthest dude. I've gotten was like nine. Yeah, well, typically, like we have all our vo- uh, voices on a different track, and mm-hmm. you know, but like because of that episode, I learned a lot of shortcuts and how to make things a little easier. So, like, in going back to my original point, the Q and A, we talked about like exploring more facilitate, like a facilitatory. Uh, abilities and we're just trying to experiment trying to be like how can we do this show how can we like consolidate this show to make it easier right. to do i hear you got a That's pretty high profile do. guest coming up on uh one of those future anthology episodes which oh yeah yeah, yeah the one and only the, john the taffer the, john taffer he's coming <laughs> he's coming to the tavern he's gonna we've <laughs> considered taking that episode like what you sent us yeah and then like putting it in like season three just like they're watching tv in the ship and then that comes on yeah and then like so that comes on and then they're like oh we gotta do something so we pause it at the uh mm-hmm. when when he uh decides to fix the bar so we have the yeah. first half <laughs> and then it cuts and he's like all right we're back <laughs> you're not peeking right <laughs> but i we were we were listening to it yesterday and we were cr- like it's it kills James and Graham. Like every time that we listen to it, we're like, this is the funniest fucking shit that's ever happened in Omega. So, and that we want to make sure that it's heard in the best way possible. That is high, is high like- praise. Let me tell you, I'm so glad that you, that you think so highly. It literally took me a f- like from concept to, to complete probably like three, four hours. It's probably the fastest turnaround I've ever had on something like this. Just came through like it. It just it just worked. The only thing very... that comes close is the the peanut butter and jelly review. <laughs> <laughs> that one oh, I man. came up with while I was driving in the car one day. I was just screaming to myself in three different voices about, yeah, I put KY jelly on this peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> oh my, that's that's just funny. Dude. Like it's just yeah, it's, it's it's real surprise. Like what you can come up with on the spot. Well, it's what's really surprising is when you so like I always like to imagine what like movies would be like if money wasn't an issue mm-hmm. and like produce pro, like producers and like uh, studios didn't give a fuck execution and just how like I think I haven't seen this movie yet, but everyone tells me I should. It's very apparently it's very Omega Star Seven and it's like execution, but like well, everything. No, yeah, <laughs> it's it Morbin, Morbin time, time baby. <laughs> 
No, everything, everywhere, all at once. And uh, it's because it's just very, like, it's very sporadic. And, uh, but, like, you can tell they just were, like, given, like, the green light to be like, yeah, do whatever you want. Just do whatever you want. And I I think A24 produced that uh, that that movie, which is why it has, like, the we don't care what you do with it, just have mm-hmm. fun. And um, there's something magical about stuff like that where... And something you can only really find in audio drama. Like, you don't find it on TV very often. And if you do, it's like six episodes long. And they said, this is not happening. <laughs> like, it's like Futurama when it first came out. I mean, not Futurama. Um, well, yes, Futurama. But, like, it was like Family Guy got one season and they canned it for, like, three or four years. And then in 2006, it came back because they, everyone wanted it back. I thought there were, th- there were three in the, originally and then they brought it back for four, I think, is how it was. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, something like that. But like but, early but like, on, and then they got canned, and then they came back in a big way. Exactly. So, like, I just, you know, there's when you do a show like Omega Star Seven or like the Wizard, the Wizard Scroll, you know, you're kind of like, I mean, it's a podcast, and the only way to become a podcast is to stay podcasting. So we're just experimenting, right. exploring stories, and you know, a lot of audio dramas are short runs, six episodes. It's just a little test here, but. Which apparently you're supposed to start with. I, I guess I hear that when you make an audio drama, you're supposed to do a short one first mm-hmm. to get your name. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to keep chipping away at Omega Star 7 until there's a thousand episodes and I'm an old man. That's that's, that's the plan. plan. That's the that's a good plan. I like that. Yep. Like a lot of like there's a lot of shows that I've listened to, like audio dramas that are just like. Some guy on Reddit's like, oh, check out my new audio drama. The first episode's out. And then like three, four months go by, not a peep. It's the saddest thing because they all have a lot of potential. But it's just like, oh, there's a, I guess there's like, you don't think about how much it takes to actually go put something out there. And then it doesn't blow up instantly. And then like the dejection you could feel and like your very first episode and they're like people online telling you like all the shit that you're doing wrong. Like, I don't fucking know what I'm doing. I just started. Oh, I have this very, I come out swinging vibe. Like yeah. I just, I've listened, man, I'm, I'm, I'm from Southeastern Pennsylvania. We're about the wonder years here. And we just remember the, the, the lines you come out swinging from a South Philly basement, baby. That's, that's what we're all about. Like we yes. just, to just figure it out along the way. It's the only, it's the DIY feel. It's a, a very, I come from a very DIY kind of world and yeah. music here. And it's the same, like you're never going to get it right until you, you actually and do I, it. I quote uh, Orson Welles a lot when he did um, uh, Citizen Kane. They were like, why do you think you can do this? And he's like, ignorance. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but the only way, like the biggest confidence you'll ever have is ignorance because if you know what you're doing, you second guess yourself more. Right. If you're ignorant, you just go for it. You and actually like, mentioned this last time you were on as well. It's a exa- good quote. I, it, it's so it's, good you got to well, say it twice. It's, it's very paraphrased. I mean, the, his actual quote is actually super profound, but it's basically ignorance. Yeah. Only when you don't know what you're doing will you actually do something. <laughs> Pretty much something. It's like, I, you, you, I think you actually put me on this book called uh, uh, The Wise Man's Fear. Great book. I'm like two thirds of the way through it. Holy shit. So what a good. good book that is. And it just, you just reminded me of one of the things where like one of the characters is learning the harp and is like, oh, she doesn't know all the rules. It's like walking down the streets of a city and you, you instead of taking a back alley, she's just walking through walls. You don't know. She don't care. Something like that. I paraphrasing as well. Well, Patrick <laughs> Rothfuss is hard to quote. I mean, yes, you'll get to no wait. 
Wiseman's Fear. Is that the first one? I think it is. That's the second one. I blasted through the first one so quick. That, well, I thought the first one was long as fuck. It's 30 hours in audio. Yeah, book. and then the second one's 20 hours longer than that. It's No, it's it's 90 hours. It's I listened to it on YouTube. It's three 30-hour YouTube videos. Mm. It is a 90-hour... No, it might be 60, but it's... It's a, it's too much. It was a very, it's, very long book. So have you gotten to the Feywild yet where he meets oh, yeah. uh, Felorian? Oh, yeah. That was I still my think, boy fucking did it. I, yeah. I tell everybody, I'm like, listen, listen. I'm not like, my show is very tame when it comes to sexually explicit content. Mm-hmm. But um, the sex scene in The Wise Man's yes. Fear is, yeah. it's the closest thing I can tell you that is art. Because they never once say the word dick. Or, never, you know, yeah. penis. They, they never, they, you know, I always, I always quote, uh, you ever play Divinity Original Sin 2? No. There are sex scenes in that, but it's a CRPG. So, you know, it's just an isometric mm-hmm. characters down there. So when you're having the sex scene, you just see two little sprites standing there and then a narrator <laughs> narrates it. And there's words like length, like length. she licks you up and down your length. And you're like, ew, <laughs> it's spook. Ew, dude, gross. It's spooky cock. <laughs> And like, but like in the wise man's fear, like quoth, I should say it properly. He, he literally has a, he, he likens it to him being a mandolin, like a mandolin, like he's playing music and it's, but you totally know exactly what he's describing without Mm. it ever being sexually explicit. Yeah. And I just, I found like, you know. If you're gonna do that, you don't have to make softcore porn. You can like, there's, there's prettier ways to. To tell these types of tales, yeah, I've, like I've, I've fallen into that pitfall once or twice. You uh, have, I, I, I you read the bored. script you sent me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh <laughs> man. <laughs> Those are spoilers for things to come, but uh, we're getting a little risque on the Wizard Scroll. Oh my god, we never do an Omega Star Seven. That's because it's just not the storytelling I like to tell. Like, yeah, we're all we we have crude humor, sure. Mm. But we always, it's more innuendo than it is like actual oh, yeah. upfront. Like, <laughs> there's a lot more innuendo going on on my show. I'll tell you that. Holy fuck. Because I just, it, um, it, I just figured why not? It'd be funny. It is, it is funny. That's the best yeah. part about it. And, uh, I don't there's know. Two I just, nipples um, on each tit for four nips total. Four, three of them are pierced. Oh, <laughs> that's my favorite line. That shit. Well, see that. That's just funny. It's. Just, I changed. I, I changed the word tit to breast. I figured that would go go. Oh I actually, yes, that's. Very, I wrote that's it. Very and then I, I listened to that part of the wise man's fear, and then I went back. I'm like, yeah, I could be a little more elegant with this. A uh, very high, very high brow of you, Chris. Oh, I thank you. That's top shelf storytelling right there. <laughs> their bosoms. <laughs> their bosoms. Their breasts. More sophisticated. Uh, yeah, we're we're a sophisticated uh, group here. Absolutely. My my show opened with a five minute bit about sucking on someone's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I still think that that like I know that I I look at our numbers and uh, I love when I see like a uh, like every time we have a big release I see a huge jump in the first episode plays because everyone wants to hear it, mm-hmm. and I see like maybe like a hundred hundred plays in a, in a week on the first episode. And then I see like 50 on the second. I'm like, it looks like we lost half of them. Yeah. But when we first started, it was like, now we're up to like, we're, we're, we're keep, we're retaining 50% of our original, every listener, we retain 50% of them, which is when we started, it was like 25%, like one in four people 
would stick would listen to the next couple episodes versus now it's one and two people are like, yeah, no, this show sounds great. I'm going to keep going. And that's, that says something, you know, like, yeah, that really does. Like they, they, not only they check out the newest episode and be like, oh shit, let me go back and see the start. They're also like staying for the whole thing. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah. And like, we are, we're having a lot of fun with like planning the future of the show too. Like it's, Mm -hmm. We definitely like the whole, I I'd said like, you know, I wanted season three to be like, kind of like my show. I, you know, I, I yeah. I'm up front with James and everyone else on the show. And I'm like, this is kind of like my story right now. But like, once it's over, I want it to be much more collaborative in like the actual storytelling versus mm-hmm. like, it's always been a collaborative show, but like, I, like, I always kind of like ring, ring led the whole, yeah, like this is your story to tell. And then like, yeah, after and, that, it's and now be more like closer uh, to anthology, maybe. Yeah, it'll be more episodic for sure. It'll yeah. definitely it'll revolve around. We've already decided which character it's going to revolve around. Oh, um, nice. I won't. I won't prod I, for for details. Rather... I think everyone knows where the story's get. Like everyone knows who's going to get followed out of the original three members. Zoots like, who's McKenzie. Gonna get... Zoots McKenzie. He'll make an appearance. <laughs> All these characters make an appearance, but like, well, pictures of Spider Man. Uh, uh, exactly, and uh, but it'll be more episodic, and it'll be like longer form. Like I think. We probably might not have seasons. I know me and Graham who plays Slade Badger and, uh, you know, he plays Slade and Badger. We're talking. He's like, dude, I kind of hate how you have everything set up on the on, on Apple where it's like season at one, season one, two, three, and it's all in season one. Yeah. And I was like, well, how, how else can I say? It's like season one of Omega Star 7 that has three seasons inside of it. So what we're probably going to do is once the show is over. We're going to go back through and change it to just zero, zero, one, zero, whatever, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, break out this. Cause like once the show is yeah. done, then we can just make it one big season versus like, but right now I was like, this is the best way to start it. Mm-hmm. Just so people kind of like, we kind of did. So no one starts in the middle of the series. Like what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, so now after that, it'll be whatever. And we just kind of go one, two, three, four, five. Cause it'll be more, it'll feel more fluid together. Right. Right. But, I feel like know, the episodic, I feel like, will be really, really good for that. Like, because I feel like, like, what it sounds like is you're going, like, hard on this, on this season three, getting it as good as it could be. I feel like taking a step oh, back and, like, being not less effort, but, like, less thought into it going in from the start might be beneficial to, like, how fast you can crank them out. True. I think like when we we look at the season so far, I mean, the first episode, I me, me and James were listening via Discord and we were like, we both sat back and we're like, how the fuck do we follow this up? That first episode is like it. It is our it is our shortest episode in season three. And we do not know. Like we're like it's it's 17 minutes long and we're like, but every single scene is so perfect it there's no fluff, but there's still plenty of humor. Mm-hmm. Everything tells the story; it just pushes it forward. And we were like, and it just ends on these mo- the most epic note we've ever ended on. And we're just like, damn, this is like we have to make sure the rest of the season lives up to this. So, I I sat back and I talked to uh, the group. You know, this is the actors and the production team who are also actors. And I was like, I think we're gonna do one more episodic episode in the entire in the entire Outlander story. We're gonna do one more, and then after that, it's one final arc of just ah, done. I like that. So like it, the, the, we're, we're trying to keep it to eight episodes. No, no two parters, nothing, just eight strong, powerful episodes up in, in a varying length. One might be 20 minutes. One mm-hmm. might be 15 minutes, but like, it's going to be, 
we're going to tell it as straight and well as we can. Cause now I kind of told them, I'm like, we are, we're kind of done creating the story. Like we're, we're done creating new things for the story. Now it's all, it's all, it's all resolved. It's the hardest part of storytelling is ending it. Like hundred percent. You're right. Because my favorite fucking podcast of all time, Scald, 160 episode, beautiful storytelling, all done with no editing in one take. All this shit, so thought out from start to finish. And then the very last episode is, uh, yeah, we're done. Bye. And I was just like, when that hit me, it was like a slap to the face. And I, I never really got over it until I started making my show. And I was like, all right, I'm going to make this show exactly how I want to do it. And I'm exactly. not going to, I'm not going to end it on a cliffhanger with no plans of coming back. I like, I, that, that's something I'm like, personally, I couldn't be, I don't think I'd be able to do. Yeah. Um, and exactly. Like I try to follow the method of like, okay, the story's over. The main story has to be resolved. You can't leave that on a cliff. Right. You can't Empire Strikes Back your main story. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like the main story, like Slip Story comes to an end. Whether that's, I won't spoil it what, how it ends, but <laughs> Slip's arc as a, as a main character comes to an end. That's the main part of this, of the Outlander. Right, yeah. But it's okay to leave a bunch of other loose threads everywhere. Yeah, like, that's, that's clearly, like spinoff potential right there. Yeah, it's spin off, it's future season potential, it's 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 doing things right. So like it's not it's not a fucking Ghibli film where everything's yeah. gotta make sense by the end. You know what I mean? Where like exactly. oh, the main story's done. It's pretty much like Star Wars storytelling. Like leave plot holes for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, leave things open for a reason because you want to make sure you have enough material to keep the show going. Exactly. And uh I love yeah. like one of my favorite things, like writing for this new season I'm doing is going back and just finding like obscure, like maybe one-off characters that I've done yeah. before. And oh. I'm like, all right, you know what? Fuck that's it. The best. He's, in the, he's in the mix now. How do you he's think Badger became a main? Now. Yeah. Fuck it. That's how Badger and the Palusian, the Badger yeah. and the Palusian were both introduced in episode two. We brought them back in season two as like yeah. main characters. I honestly don't remember much of season one. I didn't even know he was a guy. I'm like, who the Badger's fuck is the guy that like get- halfway ba- through like that episode? I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> Who's Badger? Badger. Uh, we follow the Futurama method where we, uh, we will pull any, 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 anything that's told in the show can become a future plot thread. And uh Badger is the guy that's thrown out of the bar at the beginning of episode two. <laughs> And see, he's the guy that gets thrown out. And he's like, dude, Badger, dude, Madge, what the hell? He's a pull. He's from Polis. We don't even like his kind. And um, so that, you know, we were like, that's that's really that's clever. I like that. And then they both become like main characters and Badger kind of like an antagonist, but a likable one that becomes like a very heroic role. No, as I, I fucking loved when Slip and Badger were going through in the space van and they ended up at Space Wawa or whatever <laughs> in the Space Space police. Way. Oh, <laughs> Space Way. No, Space Castle. Oh, we're going to have oh, so many Spurgers. We're going to have so many Spurgers. My favorite. My, my <laughs> and then the cop's like, does anything speed to speed the spabum? Like when that oh. part came on, I was fucking cracking up. Spaffles, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making spaffles. Um, that episode, my, like my favorite bit in that episode is when they're doing the uh, drive through order and yeah, the number nine, the drive, the, 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 yeah, w- the driver. So Badger's doing the, the, uh, San Andreas order. Yeah. And then the character, uh, in the DT drive through, yeah. 
he's doing dude where's my car like that's the funny part it's two different references going at the same time it's dude where's my car versus gta san andreas at the same time that's that's so brilliant we just had a lot of fun with that episode because it was just me and graham by ourselves just being silly as as silly as we could be and um that definitely helps solidify graham's position as like a main yeah, creator on the show and that's like you know it, it's like I mean Graham and I we were in bands together we were, we were in a band together and we've always had like a creative flow that works so like having him on the show more more doing more than just acting has really helped yeah. make the show a little more diverse you for can sure. totally tell like as you've been bringing more people on I've, I've seen like how much more elaborate the show's gotten yeah, and like so, I, I like I sat down, uh, or I I sat down and sent a, a group text between the four people I want to be the like the production team. You know, Luna is a great actress and been my, my best friend since I was in fifth grade. But like, actress, great writer when she wants to be and has time to be. So, her and Joe, who plays Saul, great collaborators, great people who make the show very fun. But like I wanted a group of people that were like, we're invested a hundred percent. So I sat them down and said, we're gonna talk about how we're gonna do things. Because right now, how our show works is before season one was improv for three hours. I chop it down, I arrange it, I ma- I mix master, it goes out. Mm-hmm. Season two was that mixed with actual scripted scenes. And then season three has been a mixture of like we improv a couple fun, funny things, but then we also script a lot. So yeah. I said, so now what we do is we have, we have kind of a four step process. Now we have, we have four people or three, we have three step process with four people. Step one, Chrissy who plays Moxie will chop down, like improvise dialogue and just kind of make, like set the episode up. It'll get to me and I'll bring James in on a listening session. We will listen to the episode We'll make it sound like Omega Star 7 with the SFX and all that good stuff. And then we're going to pass it off to Graham, who's going to do post-production, like more mixing. Because I mix, I do a little bit of fun here, fun there, but uh, I really wanted to have like an actual audio, like a producer have their ear on top Mm -hmm. of like this. So like he'll get like three main, he'll get like five main stems, left, center, uh, right, every character in one track that's left, right, straight or center and um, then we'll have SFX tracks and then we'll have an ambiance track and a music track. But uh, you know, there's only so much that I can do and the show is kind of stagnated on its quality. It gets better, but I was like, I only have so much time. Right. So giving me more time and more ears helps make this show stronger. And like we're, you know, it helps with production time. Because, yeah, it's it, been, exactly with my show, it's been pretty much just me from the start. And then uh, last year when I met Gavin and Shane, like they've just been like the two of them is like three peas in a pod. Yeah, it's like we've just been cranking out like all this shit. And it's just been so much fun hanging out with them. Yeah, getting to know them. You got to have and like doing funny st- like Wizards in my city. Oh, it's good stuff coming soon. Like we, we got some real good stuff in store. I, I really think like the only way to keep a show pr- going in the long run is to bring on a production right. team. Like a f- and the more people you can work with that you are like-minded, like I've had to really sift through a lot of people. And I have to say this person's a collaborator. This person's like a one-time actor. Like they, they like the show, but like, you know, I can see them there. Like 
they're like, uh, how much they're going to be on the show is going to be a problem. Like they're like, great when I have them, but not always there. And right. It's nothing yeah. against that. You know, I, you know, you have to make sure, but you will, I tried to ask too much because the show, our show is done for free. We all do. We all volunteer mm-hmm. for the show and like none of us get paid and I want to make sure that no one's doing more work than they have to. And I've been the one doing all the work because that doesn't happen. So now I have four creators because I was like, listen, we're finishing the story, but after this, we're going to collaborate on the story and make it like more. We're going to be right. like a writer Let's team. Start a new. I like, feel like that's pretty much what I'm going to be doing. Sure. With my show, it's like I'm going to finish off season three, and from there, I, I want to go more episodic with it. You should. No, that sounds like to me. That sounds like exactly what you should be doing. Is you know, yeah. Like if you more, want your like show to last the long run, less scripted, yeah. less like interconnection for sure. Like that's pretty much what Wizards of My City is all about. I really feel like Omega Star Seven has started an entire improv movement, like uh, in, in yeah. pod in audio drama, because like everyone's like, "Oh, I'm doing improv now." I'm like, "Yeah, you fucking should." It makes things it's way so more much fun, fun, way more. Yeah, it's, it's so way much more fun. fun. Like definitely, and, uh, like we've had uh, actually, like Gavin when he heard about like when he heard your show, like his whole thing, like the 420 special he wrote, like it was inspired based on your show, among others. Oh, uh, I just and, yeah. I love I, hearing that kind of stuff because like yeah, it's, like it's so much fun just having to like just <laughs> you and we had you do that voice the whole time. You're oh, a trooper, Doctor oh! Lask. <laughs> Doctor Lask. Oh, what an episode! Oh um, man, that just, was so much fun. I um, I just I I love doing all kinds of weird stuff, and uh, I don't know. It's I as long as I'm still I there's creative itches in my brain that I want to get to yeah yeah so as long as that i like as long as omega star seven keeps doing that it's not going to go anywhere i'm like why would i give this up it's the most fun i've ever had in my life absolutely i feel exactly in the the two years i've done it it's it's been more fun than 10 years of being a musician it's like dude this is way more fun you get way more you know you first off you get more personal validation because you're Mm -hmm. like telling like a story you're not just writing a fun song you're telling a story and then more people will validate you like dude being in bands local bands sucks dick dude you play a show and everyone's like, "Yeah, dude, it's pretty good." Play Freebird. Like, was it though? Well, was it good, dude? And uh, yeah, I just audio drama is just something that I just never thought I would love doing so much. I mean, I don't listen to a lot of audio drama, but I, you know, I listen to all my friends' audio dramas because mm-hmm. that's the only way we support each other. But I don't go out of my way to be like, "I need a story." I'm like, "No, no, no." I just want to listen to a funny podcast, listen to some yeah. music. I don't need to. I don't need to be engaged while I'm at work or something. But um. There are some really good audio dramas. It's like out a there sitcom, really but without looking at at a screen. It's just yeah, like just that's the. It's like yeah. watching. It's like watching Robot Chicken from like the other room. Oh, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> Here we go. This is the transition music. Brought the ukulele back out. Oh, I need it tuned. Yeah, I have it noise suppressed. Play a little blues. Like, uh, dude, the story behind, uh, so like in patches, we did the Moon Man blues. Yeah. That, that, uh, that song. <laughs> so so I, I, I wanted James to retake all of his lines because they just didn't hit the way they did. So we were like, we took a weekend, like a Saturday afternoon, and uh, it was it was like a five hour process over Discord. And uh, so I just pulled my ukulele and I was like, how do I play blues on this ukulele? And I just started going.
And I'm just, I'm just playing ukulele, and uh, he's just he's he's taking lines. I hear him taking the lines, and then I know where he stops and goes, well, I'm a moon man, baby. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I guess this is happening now in the show. So I like, I like wrote a quick like blues song. Like I, I have this, I don't know where it's at right now, but I have like a tambourine around here, like a child's tambourine. So I like, I like, I take my fist and I hit the desk for a bass drum. And then I like, I take the tambourine and I like arrange this, like this simple boom, Bumps. I, I was playing blues, like blues chords on the ukulele. Grab my really, really unset up guitar that has strings that are like a year old on them now. And I'm just like ripping a solo with no guitar pick. <laughs> and I just wrote this song in literally like 20 minutes. And then I just sent it to him. He's like, all right, I got something. And uh, he just sang the song and then he took it again and then reacted to it as Atticus. And just the way that, that that scene, it was supposed to be way shorter, but I was like, no, 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 no. That was it's got to be, it, it's got to be so like two funny. minutes long. It's like, so it annoying. It was an actually like, catchy song too. That was the best part. Yeah, James is a phenomenal musician. He's a great singer, which is why, and you know, like he also plays yeah. harmonica, bass, he's, he's and he's got so many voices too. Like that definitely right. helps. Oh, like, like yeah, J- Jim Bob doing the uh, the the Cajun like bluesy. Well, I'm a moon man, baby. Like doing, like I feel like having con- the control of your diaphragm to do different voices is kind of oh, yeah. linked to being able to sing. At least in oh, my yeah, experience, that's... like as I've done the show, as I've gotten better at it, I've also just been getting so much better at singing as well. Oh man, I, I just to, uh... I used to not be able to sing to save my life, and now I could fucking. I still can't, man. I can I could sing a. Um, yeah, every time I've ever sang on a record, uh, I have, it's like, it's mostly the producer being like, you gotta sing coaching me through every single line. Uh, so I just sound good enough to pass is, mm. <laughs> and letting, you know, like it's whatever. I'm much more of like a, like a, like a composer slash virtuoso. Like I just write fun stuff mm-hmm. and then I let my other friends sing on it. Like I prefer doing that or I, I, I like screaming and yelling and that kind of like vocals, but like. Singing's always been difficult because you gotta be perfect. Yeah, you gotta be it's perfect. It's so hard for me to listen back to like some of my other covers that I've done. Yeah, and like from like 2020, my whatever covers I started out with, like just listening to how my voice goes versus how I would do it now. It's know, just it's... like so hard. Like I, I'm, I'm always, I'm almost tempted to just like re-record it and just like swap the audio out and not tell anybody. Yeah, just. Yeah, you can do it. I could, but like then I would constantly. George Lucas did, man. Add a bunch of fart noises. (laughs) Fart uh, noise. Add a Baba Booey in there. Add a Baba Booey. Yeah, just like, like just yeah. Add a bunch of like strange random words. (laughs) Just like or just George Lucas, your old show. Baga baga baba zinga. Delete, delete, delete the originals, so you can never go back to them. Yeah, that's that's the key. That's how you. That's the key. You got to really, you have to really, uh, really stand. And then my oh dude, let's talk about Star Wars for a second. Oh, and absolutely. like I don't believe for a s I don't believe for a second they got rid of the original negatives. There's no way that you get rid of the original absolutely negatives. Not. For a multi billion dollar franchise like that, no, no way. way in hell. It's they like had stuck copies, in the, they had stuck in the vault of Walt some, Disney's head. Yeah, yeah. They just like they just fed, fed it right into his skull. Um <laughs> stored on the on the drive. What he does is he goes back, like this is before Disney bought Lucasfilm, but he would go back. He would add stuff, 
And then instead of trying like taking that stuff out to make it better again, he'd add more on top of the stuff he already added. Yeah. So I have the original VHSs, VHS releases, and you watch me like this is a totally different fucking movie. <laughs> I this heard so that, different. I heard that there are a few, like a select few changes that were actually very beneficial. Like for oh, example, of course, like, like the, the lightsabers, the plants exploding, the lightsabers, fucking what's yeah, his name's head? Way better, yeah. Palpatine's head in the first one. Yeah, I hate. I, hate, I, I like they like they they took Ian McDermott and like superimposed him in because that those original. That original Emperor looks so bad. Yeah, but then you've got fucking, like, like, pink bitch performing with her kissy lips. Oh, that's great, dude. And then you got... (laughs) (laughs) I love that shit, dude. I I love... uh, What's his name? What's the... Max Rebo and the whatever... And the the something Whalers. That's the band's name. Max Rebo and the something Whalers. I can't remember what the... the, I love that shit, dude. Speaking of Star Wars again, so uh, I have this interview, right? And I have to either go on a flight to a different state to do the interview. And um, I Coder 2 is coming to Switch. So I bought the bundle of Coder 1 and Coder 2. But on the Nintendo eShop, I swear to God, it won't let me play Coder 1, which has been out for over like a year now. Really? Because it's part of the bundle. So if I would have bought, and it does, the bundle saves you no money. It's just both games at once. It's just one charge instead of two, which is way better, obviously, yeah. less taxes and stuff. So, like, or whatever. I don't fucking know. I just decided it would be easier. And um, I was like, I can't play this game that's already out that I own now. And they're like, I, I, I hit up customer service. Like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you just it's, can't do it. I'm like, <laughs> that's bullshit. Like, I paid for this game. And no, I'm, I'm just, I'm still, fe- I, did, I bought it last night. Try to play it this morning because I want to get started on Coder 1 so I could be at Coder 2 by next week. And I couldn't even start, so I'm going to have to start on the 8th when it comes out. Oh, that's fucked up. Which I'm annoyed about. I'm, just, I, I'm really itching to play Coder, and I could on my computer, but why would I start a game and then restart it on my fucking Switch? Yeah. Stupid. Especially an RPG like that. Can't do that. With the Switch, my, my game of choice for the past five years has been Rayman Legends. Have you heard of it? Oh, I've heard of Rayman Legends. Have I played it? It's a fucking stellar game, let me tell you. It is? Like, the movement... Let me tell you about the movement in this game is like... Must, must be nice that like Raymond doesn't have any arms. <laughs> <laughs> no, like the speedrun one frame fucking speedrun strats in this game are like... It's like watching it is like watching a piece of art. It's like you can slide oh. and then like roll and then jump and then you're going three times faster than you're normally supposed to go. And then like it's like the mechanics are just so perfect. I'm still learning new shit after I've been playing this shit constantly for five years. Speaking of really fluid games, I've been really enjoying Elden Ring a lot, and uh, I enjoy it so much. I bought it twice. I bought it for PC and I bought it for Xbox. Damn. And I, bought, I bought an I bought an Xbox S, um, and I was like, I really just want to play Elden Ring at my house because my you know my my computer's here at my studio, and I have to drive seven minutes to. So I was like, and I, if, I'm, if I'm here, I would be working on the podcast. So, you know, I have, I, was, I went out and bought an Xbox S, 300 bucks, <coughs> which I'm not trying to brag or anything. It's just, that's a really good deal for a, a, oh, a yeah. current gen console. And um, I bought that. Dude, can we talk about, speaking of Xbox, just how amazing they have been for gaming, like cloud gaming. I can do, I can cloud game my iPhone, yeah. any, every, any video game. It sounds, it's, it feels great. Game pass, $15 a month, same price as Netflix. Uh, and over a hundred and hundred great games, but Microsoft bought Bethesda. They bought some of the Obsidian. They bought all they, Blizzard, right? They are cons- 
No, they didn't. That was Activision. I know for a fact that I, well, I shouldn't say that. I know I've heard down the pipeline that EA is trying to sell themselves. Oh, shit. And I'm guaranteeing Xbox is going to fucking buy them if, they, if that's true. That is fucking uh, insane. Because they're they're just doing baller fucking moves on like just grabbing studios or publishers and just saying, uh, we want to put your games on the Game Pass. And then boom, it's bam. You know, it's the Game Pass is the best thing that's come to gaming. And it's like ever. it's like the it's, Google Stadia, except actually cool. Yeah, it's it literally is the best thing to happen to video games in the past 10 years for sure. That's awesome. It's uh, and being able to play on my Xbox ass, the Xbox ass is like the size of a fucking big book versus like the Xbox one the, from 2012 or the Xbox X, which is like a yeah, giant fridge, rectangle yeah. <laughs> or the fucking PS five. Uh, and fuck Sony. I, I was such a Sony fanboy for PS four and they, the way they acted, like when I tried to buy a PS five, like no one, like everybody else that no one could get one. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll just buy one straight from Sony and I'll wait. It's fine. I'll just wait. They told me I had to buy a PS5, and then you might get one eventually. It's a five hundred dollar console. Yeah, I'm just gonna up. give you, and I I I I put five dollars down on the Steam Deck for pre order, and uh, Steam was like, yeah, if you don't want if you if you don't want it when we email you, you can just get we'll just refund you that five dollars. That's how you do so, it. Fuck. Yeah, like they're like, yeah, you just you just you just buying for a place in line, which is fair because we want to make sure people are serious, and I get that. So I'm still waiting on my confirmation email, but. Honestly, like, I don't understand, like, how how video games have become so not customer-friendly, except for Microsoft stuff. Yeah. Microsoft stuff is so customer-friendly. It's like, like, video games are just too big to fail now, so they don't try anymore. Yeah, and I, I feel like Microsoft has really tried. They bought yeah. really good studios, and they're making, they're making their games more accessible. Like, you don't need a fucking Xbox to play an Xbox game. Yeah, right, game like, anymore. Microsoft, have... they let Banjo-Kazooie and Smash. Yeah. They let Cuphead go on the Switch. Yeah, well, and it's just like the cloud gaming itself. Like all, you, I can take my MacBook with me to my to on my thing and just prop it up. As long as I have good enough streaming internet, I can just play a video game, whatever video game I want. As long now, obviously, it's cloud gaming, so I don't want to do anything that's like yeah. There's some latency. Yeah, you you want to make sure you're playing something that's not frame intensive. So no Banjo Kazooie, right, like, no Rayman Legends, no Rayman Legends, no Banjo Kazooie, no Elden Ring. You can't have any latency, but like stuff, it's like simple or like laid back. Apparently, I played Sea of Thieves for a minute on cloud gaming. They're like, that game runs too good. Really? Sea of Thieves runs too good on cloud gaming for some reason. But if I want to play something stupid like The Sims or something where you don't, timing's not really an issue. Mm. Why not? It's it's easy. You have like a, a, a quick millisecond latency. and But like you can play on anything. You don't need an Xbox. You just need a Game Pass account. That's all you need. That's fucking cool. Love is all you need, man. <laughs> yeah, love is all- You're talking about fucking nonsense in my office. Yeah. You're talking about fucking nonsense. <laughs> Zeus McKenzie. Zeus McKenzie is a fucking natural. He's a national treasure, honestly. Like I like, it's so like funny how that voice just came out of me, where I was like, I didn't even <sighs> know where it came from. Honestly, like sometimes I just go into the booth. I know where it came trying from. Trying to find. You're from New York. Yeah, I'm from New York. You're from New York. That's where I came from. Don't <laughs> lie to me. Don't don't you, Chris. Don't fucking look at me and tell me I don't know where that came from. Like I know where it came from. I, I'm from the Northeast too, man. It's all that pent up rage and aggression. Oh, yeah. And I told you to play a sleaze ball record exec, and it all just vomited right out of your fucking mouth. <laughs> it was, it was in it me all from. along. That's where it was. It I was, found it. 
You're if you're born in the Northeast, you have it in you. You can like you I can too. do a voice like that, no problem. I huh? like hey, fucking get out of here. Like you can be Zoots McKenzie too. Damn pictures of Spider Man. That definitely clipped. I guarantee it. <laughs> I want pictures hey! of Spider Man. I want pictures of Spider Man. Spider Man eating a hot dog. <laughs> Spider Man going down on my wife while I watch. That's my favorite line. That shit's funny as fuck. I was like crap. I was crying I was, laughing. Like I was so. Like when I heard the final product for the first time, like seeing what you decided to keep and what to, to, to cut out, and like I was fucking laughing when when I I did two I, separate lines for him screaming, "Get out, get the fuck out!" and you used both of them, and I was like, "All right." Yeah, <laughs> I, I I just I thought it was funny that you were like, I just thought it was funny. You're like, he's like, "Get the fuck out!" They don't get out. They don't leave. Like, get the fuck out! And <laughs> 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 just standing there, slack jawed. Fucking, what's his name's got the camera. Uh, uh, Grant Jenkins. Jenkins, yeah. Uh, Grant's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, guys. No, see, this plasma film. It ain't cheap. <laughs> It'll blow your mind. It'll blow your mind. I just, I just love. He's like, what, what we would say <laughs> if, if it wasn't Grant Jenkins. <laughs> like none of that made any sense. It was so perfect. Oh, it made perfect sense. Yeah. It was just stupid. Exactly. That's the, that's the beauty of it. Like when you say audio drama is art, that's what you mean. Is that that specifically is art? Yeah, being like, yeah, if you were listening, I you know, I love telling people they're like everyone's like your show is like really stupid, but like it also like you have to pay attention to it. Like, yeah. yeah. It's highbrow nothing. That's what it, it's highbrow nothingness. That's what like, our show is. It's, I like that one. There's a there's a lot of like important things you're supposed to be listening for, but like a, but a we, lot we, of it's just nonsense, and you you have to it's figure just out fucking, which is you're which. talking about fucking nonsense in my in office. My office. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm definitely clipping. I'm once in a while. Uh, I, I mean, we'll fix it. It'll be fine. I'm, I've clipped for sure this whole like throughout this. I just uh, I want to make sure my takes are loud enough for you. That's oh yeah, I mean. for sure. Well, I I do understand you have some things going on in a few minutes, so I'll I'll let you uh, I'll let you go now. We have eight more minutes on this hour-long podcast. You better slow it the fuck down. Oh, I see. You're trying to break my. You're I, trying to break the previous record. Like two, three hours later, we'll still be fucking sitting here. I know yeah, you. Yeah, no, 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 uh, no, 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 oh, no. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not just gonna leave me. No, this is the first time in a podcast where the, where the host is like, "I know you got some stuff going on." I'm like, "No, fuck you. I'm staying. <laughs> We're gonna talk as long as I fucking want right. to talk." Sure, the floor it's is time yours. For, it's time for a round of Reed Chuck. I Tingle. was just about to uh, say the same thing. Oh my god. It's like we're, we've All got right. the same mind right here. I'm pulling it up. This is my, this is, a, remember the rules. You, I read one, you read okay. one. Whoever, whoever laughs, it's first one to, first one to three laughs loses. Okay, first to three laughs. I like that. All right, here we go. Mm-hmm. Butt Wars, Rogue Buds. That was a good one. I like that. <laughs> My dungeon master is a T-Rex rules lawyer, but fortunately, I rolled a crit on pound my butt check. I'm close here. You almost got me. Seduced by the handsome, physically manifested sound that you've some people hear with Yanny and others hear as Laurel. That's interesting. That That audio clip of the guy doing that is just so strange. It is. Like, how does that even happen? How does a, how does a word sound like two different words depending on what you're thinking? It's like, Yanny, Yanny, 
Laurel. 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 Like it literally does not sound anything alike, but yet it's the same fo- it's the same audio. Alright, your turn. Anyway, the physical manifestation of Wordle pounds my butt as a slightly frustrating but ultimately rewarding and meditative daily routine. Donald Trump pounded in the butt by the handsome Russian T-Rex who also peed on his butt and then blackmailed him with the videos of his butt getting peed on. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. We, we, may, we, may, we may be too impervious of this. Anal lesbian pterodactyl rodeo. We, how, have we how, have we transcended Chuck, Chuck Tingle? I don't know. I'm pretty close. There's a Bitcoin in my butt, and he is handsome. I would read that one. That sounds pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, I got you. No, all right. I'll give you a point. I'll give you a point. All right. Canada pounds my butt and covers my pancakes with real maple <laughs> syrup in an erotic way. Also, it's delicious. All right. That's a real point right there. It's the, I just saw that one again. I'm in love with the handsome mummy race car in my butt. I see you. I I see you. Every fiber of my being to not laugh. Like this is the like just reading all of these. Like trying to pick one is is almost getting me. Oh, I just saw the Donald Trump one. (laughs) Donald Trump pounded in the butt by his fabricated wiretapping scandal made up to redirect focus away from his seemingly endless unethical connections it's, to Russia. It's the way you said Donald that re- Donald, Donald like, that's what really Donald got me. That's Trump the is <laughs> completely different person. Slammed in the butt by Donald Trump's attempt to avoid accusations of plagiarism by removing all facts or concrete plans from his Republican National Convention speech. <laughs> <laughs> That's one point. All right, it's two to one. All right, I'm going to pose it. I see you laughing. All right, I have a chance here, guys. I have a chance. Right, perhaps, perhaps. Hold on. I got. I'm gay for my living billionaire jet plane. Donald Trump's ass is haunted by the handsome ghost of his incriminating tax returns. We're, we're getting serious now. I see it. We're like, oh yeah. I just I just saw the Bitcoin in my butt one. I like that. That's a good cover. Like the the, the covers are of their own are just like making me smile so much. What do you got for me? Bisexual clouds eat my ass. Gay T Rex Law Firm Executive Boner. Fahrenheit sixty nine. <laughs> ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I win. You got me. It's the it's the sixty nine that gets me. <laughs> I knew, I knew it would. Oh my god, this is a funny, this is a funny number. Oh my, Chuck Tingle, such a such a brilliant. Chuck Tingle, brilliant I love mind. you. I hope I hope you're doing well. Yes, you're welcome on Wizard Hang anytime, Mr. Tingle. Mr. Tingle, Dingle Tingle. <sighs> what 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 are you eating? I got a piece of gum, and it's like. I had it like on my my can of Lacroix here, and I was just trying to peel it off. Like a string came from the. Oh, I saw the string. I thought you were eating like spaghetti or something. No, no, it's a piece of gum. All right, well. Hey, bye. um, (laughs) (laughs) End it there. (laughs) The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. 
Forgive me, Father. For I have sinned. It's been six months. Since my last confession. What would you like to confess today? I have decades of failings. I could recap here. Today, I want to confess the worst thing I've ever done. Uh, okay. Uh, lots to unpack here. I can be kind of a crap husband. I took eight years of my life and lit it on fire in a matter of five hours. So I did what any self-respecting father would do. I, um, lightly dosed his Gatorade with a powerful laxative. And I guess sorry for making out in the confessional. Since confession is about talking to God, I felt... He had a right to know what you've done. What I've done? What did I do? Are you kidding? Do you love Emily? What the hell kind of question is that? Well, you're not going to absolve me? That's the whole point. Please leave the sacrament to the professionals. Where do you get off talking to me like this? <clears throat> Excuse me? What the f- Who is there? Forgive me. A comedy podcast from Rogue Dialogue.